Hey guys, and welcome to episode number 76 of Dill and Al Talk NFL. We have just wrapped up week four of action in the NFL. We will have it all covered from the five games that we broke down last week that we previewed last week to some honorable mentions talking about um, some of the other great games that we had in this NFL week four. We had a lot of good games. There were only, I think, one or two really blowouts. There were a lot of, especially a lot of the early games in the Sunday window went down to either overtime or a last second attempt at a, you know, tie or to, to win the game and whatnot. Uh, both New York teams picked up their first wins in the season. Uh, the Giants kind of dominated that fourth quarter in overtime in New Orleans. And, and the Jets, the Jets, they they won a football game. They they beat the Titans, which which was incredible. But we'll uh, we'll talk maybe about those two games during our honorable mentions. We obviously have our look ahead to Week Number Five in the NFL. We have Player Spotlight. Uh, I do want to lead off with fantasy talk as always, but you know I think we have to address the elephant in the room, Urban Meyer. Obviously, it's one of the biggest stories in sports right now. We're sitting here at three twenty on um, Tuesday, October fifth, and. I think his tenure as a Jacksonville Jaguar coach is coming down to hours, not not weeks, not months. He has hours left before Shad Khan, the owner, and Trent Baalke, the GM, decide to cut ties with Urban Meyer. Obviously, if you have been living under a rock for the last three or four days, um, they obviously lost their Thursday nighter in Cincinnati, 24-21. We'll, that'll be the first game we'll break down once we get done with this in fantasy talk. But they are 0-4. It's them and the Detroit Lions are the only 0-4 teams right now in the NFL. He obviously is from Ohio. He coached at Ohio State. He had a lot of famous you know, teams and everything there at Ohio State. Um, told the players and the coaches that he was going to stay behind in Ohio. As the rest of the team flew back home, you know, Thursday night game usually symbols as a go, you know, go spend the weekend with your family and we take the weekend off. He stayed to visit his grandchildren down there in Ohio, ended up having a family dinner, and then somehow, don't know how the pieces got connected, yeah. but there is a viral video out there of him. Um, he, he was actually called over to take uh, some photos with a group of people that were in the, apparently the same bar or restaurant or wherever they were. And then, uh, I, I don't know, push came to shove, and then there's a viral video out there of him dancing with, with a woman. <laughs> so I, I don't know how we got from there to there. But he basically pushed it off. Obviously, everybody's seen the video. He has his apology, air quotes around apology. He had the apology to the media yesterday, uh, basically staring at the floor as he was talking. Um, I was told that he didn't even apologize to the whole team as whole. He went position group by position group to apologize. Basically, he even said in the and, and it sounds like as soon as he left, the players were just laughing at him. They think this yeah. is an absolute joke. And, and I told you from the jump. That Urban Meyer was going to be an absolute joke in this league, and that he had He's games. He had now. games. He's not going to have seasons. He was going to have games as an NFL coach. He wasn't even going to make it full through a full season. Well, he's he's probably if USC doesn't mind the headlines. Oh, he'll be coaching at USC next year for sure. I I, think I would so. put a if you gave me a odds, you know, if you gave me an odds, you know, thing that I could go a wager on, I would put a decent amount of money as him to be the USC coach next year. I think. What he was saying in the media thing was he was apologizing to the captains. Mm -hmm. He's like, I, I went, I said this to Trevor, and then I said uh -huh. this to so and so. It's like it, it's just it's just weird. But there's all those memes going around of the cycle of like Urban Meyer. You know, there's mm -hmm. a, there's a crisis where there's like a you know. So uh, what, what's it gonna be? Is he gonna is he gonna have a heart attack? Yeah. Is he gonna have uh, name name what medical emergency that's gonna cause him to resign? 
But uh, obviously the next week's preparation starts tomorrow. So if the Jaguars do want to do something about this, I would think it's something's going to happen today or tonight. It's an unfortunate situation. Obviously, you know, the, it, it, it sucks. I feel the worst. Obviously, for the team, you feel the worst. Mm-hmm. But in one, if I want to pick out one player in particular, it's Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. He's a 22-year-old rookie quarterback. He was the number one pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. Nice. He had all this success in college under, you know, one of the greater college coaches of all time, Dabo Sweeney. Mm-hmm. He won a national championship. I believe he only lost, like, two or three games there. Yeah, so He's already lost more games in the NFL than he did in high school and college combined regular season games. And for him to, you know, he, he's he's definitely you've definitely seen the progression of Trevor Lawrence in these first four, four games. Mm-hmm. He had a very bad first game. He had a bad second game. He had an all right third game. And then last week, Thursday night, he, he that was definitely by far his. It wasn't a great game. It was 200 yards. I think it was 204 to be exact, yeah. as I'm looking here. But it was his best game as an NFL player. He had two rushing touchdowns. Right? And he one. potentially yeah, one rushing touchdown. And he potentially could be playing his fifth NFL game already with his second NFL head coach. Now, uh, Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, probably would line up to be the interim coach. So maybe that'll help Trevor Lawrence out. Definitely. Obviously, we'll have a whole lot more. And, and obviously, if, if any news does break during the next hour or two, we'll definitely we'll definitely say something about it and go back and you know hit the subject again. But uh, let's go back to more of the scheduled things that we had going on today. Um, fantasy talk. Obviously, we start every week talking about our fantasy teams, if we won or we lost, whatnot. Alex, I believe you are 4-0 and now. So um, you want to talk about your 147-112 to 112 win. Well, it felt good because Lucas was the team I was worried about. Like, Obviously, the battle, very early battle for first place in the division. I was worried about that, and I was worried about he, – he was going to this game with most points scored mm-hmm. out of every team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean – Looking at his roster, Stafford Eckler's been having a monster season fantasy-wise. I mean, he's got his receivers, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Antonio Brown. Like, that's just an all-star lineup. Then he's got Kelsey at the tight end. It's just like, it's it's probably one of the best lineups you could have. And, I mean, I before this game, I hadn't looked. I, he had Kareem Hunt in, but he moved him out. I was worried about Hunt. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, somehow I, I squeaked away with this one. I'm saying squeak. Everyone just performed well with the exception of my receivers. The only downside for my team was having Cordell Patterson on my bench. This was the first week I benched him, even though he was doing really good. 38 points. 38 points. Sucked, but, you know, still came away with the win. Mahomes and Henry are definitely my strong suit. And uh, i just like to say I picked up Dawson Knox off the waivers last week after, you know, supporting him in kind of the – Player spotlight. And, and he scored two touchdowns. He scored two touchdowns. He got me 18 points. So, yeah. I mean, confident with that. Overall, Matt Prater got me 12 points this week. I mean, for a kicker, that's great. Three so, field goals, four extra points. It's phenomenal. I was surprised they won that game. Mm-hmm. but um, They played very good in that game. I want to talk about that in our honorable mentions. As they, uh, they may be, I wouldn't say the team to beat in the NFC, mm-hmm. but they're definitely going to defy a lot of expectations, and these yeah. next couple games are going to be really big well, for we them. Know who are on top. The Rams, Cardinals, and Bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Green Packers Bay, too. I, I would say you'd almost scratch that game that they played in Jacksonville against the Saints, yeah. as that game just didn't even count. Um, I took a 162 to 134 win. It's going to move me to 2 and 2 on the season. Um, Ryan Tannehill, 14 points. I mean, really didn't really need to rely on him. Jonathan Taylor finally got going. My running backs, wow. on a 209 yards combined for three touchdowns. Fortunately, David Montgomery is going to be out the next four to five weeks. Uh, could have been worse, though. They were talking um, torn ACL, possibly. So kind of got away with a sprained knee instead of a torn ACL. 
which um, put in a waiver wire for another back. Hope I'm praying that I get that tomorrow. Um, my running backs still didn't outscore Tyreek Hill, though. My running backs combined had 42, and Tyreek Hill had 44. Um, Hollywood Brown finally caught a touchdown. Uh, fan, found the end zone. Woods found the end zone for the first time this year. Everybody on my team scored a touchdown that had the opportunity to score a touchdown, except Mike Williams. I told myself I was going to start Mike Williams for the rest of the season because if I wouldn't have benched him at all this year, I'd be 4-0 probably right now. Yeah. Uh, he had four targets last night. He had one grab for 11 yards, so that got me a fancy two points. So really proud of that. Uh, my bench really didn't do much, so it really wouldn't have affected the score any. Two and two in the season, I took a 28-point win. Um, I'm just hoping that my waiver wire processes for the replacement I have for David Montgomery, and I think I'll be all right next week. But uh, let's get into more of the exciting stuff the week four review. We did mention it, obviously, as we've talked about Urban Meyer already. Uh, the Bengals ended up beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 24-21 to on Thursday night, moving the Cincinnati Bengals to one of the surprises of the NFL season so far, sitting there at 3-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, um, 204 yards passing and a rush touchdown, did not throw for one. Uh, the real star of the game, other than Trevor Lawrence, was probably LaVisca Chenault. He had six grabs for 99 yards. Joe Burrow. 348 yards and two touchdowns. He had a really good game. I'd say probably one of the best, if not one of the better games of his NFL career so far. Uh, His receivers really stepped up. Jamar Chase ended up getting about 70-ish yards. Tyler Boyd was really the player of the game, I would say, receiver-wise for the Bengals with nine grabs and 118 yards. But C.J. Uzama, five grabs, 95 yards, and two touchdowns. That was really exciting to see him do that. He's mainly – he's been the starter for a couple years ever since Tyler Eifert retired due to injuries and whatnot. But uh, Uzama's more of a blocking-ish kind of tight end. You don't see him go out there and catch very many passes, but for him to have two scores and 95 yards, mm-hmm. that's that's basically doubled his yardage totals for the year so far Mixon on one game. Mixon found the end zone. It's it's been it's an exciting story that Joe Mixon's been this year. I think he's still like the third or fourth highest rusher in the league. Mm-hmm. I I was very impressed with the Bengals. I was like after last week, I was like, okay, the Bengals are actually not that bad. For a defense with not really many big names, for an offense with a lot of young guys, especially in the receiver core, and, you know, Joe Mixon, this is really the season where he's kind of stepping up and mm-hmm. a better back. But I was like, all right, the Bengals are legit. And then they start this game 14-0, and if the Jaguars would have got that. Yeah, goal, I, the play calling by Bevel. I didn't question a lot of his play calling last year, whether he was the OC or when he was the interim head coach. But to run a quarterback power or a shovel or whatever they were trying to run on that fourth and one late in the second quarter, take the points. Yeah. A 17-0 ball game would have been a whole different story than a 14-0 ball game at the half. Especially when you look at Not saying they would have won. Not saying Jacksonville would have won that game, but it would have given them a better chance to hold on to a lead, I think. Well, add, add a field goal onto their score right now. 24-24 overtime. And anything can happen in NFL overtime. We've see, we saw it in two games this week that anything can happen. In but overtime. I was very impressed with the way you know Cincinnati came out to start the second half, and then they go right down there and score, get a yeah. stop, and then score again and make it a ball game right away. That's what you have to do. And I mean, I, I feel like the Bengals are kind of in my eyes fighting for a chance to squeak into a wild card. I mean, that AFC North is as open as possible. Yeah. With the Ravens struggling, obviously the dumpster fire that is the Pittsburgh Steelers right um, now. And you don't know what Lamar Jackson you're going to get every week. Yeah. I think definitely, too, with the Dolphins being on a decline, they were a team that was almost sneaking in last mm-hmm. year. With um, 
Teams you look at the back end of the AFC wildcard team, the Colts. Mm-hmm. They're one and three right now. That made the that made the playoffs last year. Snuck into the seventeen. You mentioned the Dolphins already. They aren't doing that well right now. Um, the only thing, the only problem I'm running into possibly with the Bengals is that I think every team in the AFC West has a chance to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. With the way they're playing right now, Chargers are three and one. The Raiders are three and one. Even the Chiefs are two and two, but they're probably the most deadly two and two team that we may have yeah. ever seen in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Denver, depending on what happens with Bridgewater. Yeah, that that could make or break their season. The status of Teddy Bridgewater this week. I know it's only one game, but mm-hmm. you know you go on a two game losing streak after starting two and one. Morales may start going out in the locker room a yeah. little bit, and it'll start to look more like it mid season mm-hmm. rather than a chance. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I've really got to say about that, but yeah, Urban Meyer, I think he's definitely not making it through today. Ah, uh, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I I see possibly running into a situation for the um. Jaguars is if if he makes it to Sunday, I don't see the the organ. I don't see the team playing for him this week. They're playing the Titans. It's a tough game. They're at home. Possibly the veterans could quit on him. On Urban. On Urban. Yeah. And I if that happens, if that happens, oh, he's done after this week for sure. Mm-hmm. But you talked about Trevor Lawrence. That's the worst. That's the worst guy you could, could you imagine being a twenty two year old rookie and you're looking up to coaching god mm-hmm. in urban meyer and this is the kind of behavior that he puts on for you and then the apology and everything that was the, the most bush league apology that i've ever heard in my so life bad. i mean i think i could have heard a seven-year-old child <laughs> apology have a better apology for breaking you know a, a piece of fine china or something did you see like so his wife tweeted urban meyer's wife tweeted but when he was out, uh-huh. out uh-huh. that she was at home watching the kids or something mm-hmm. And, like, there's a picture of her playing with the kids. She was like, I'm staying here so that he can have a good night. Yeah. And then this gets posted. And then the, and there was another picture he posted later in, earlier in that day where it was, like, uh, a contract he made with his family about him returning to coaching or mm-hmm. something. It's just, bro, it's just – do you think he's trying to sabotage himself? I don't know. Uh, I, we, we could talk about two hours about this guy. But we're going to move on here to more depression. And, and that is the Bears 24 and the Lions 14. Uh, the Lions are with the Jacksonville Jaguars as the only 0-4 team in the NFL right now. Uh, wow, 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 we suck is the first thing I had. It's just um, we went 0-4 in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff fumbled the ball three times. Uh, we had the, the – I think we had a play that sums up the 2021 Detroit Lions yeah, uh, where Jared Goff was lining up to make a read at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. point out the mic, whatever he was doing, and the ball gets snapped right into his chest. It's picked up by one of their um, big guys up front. I believe it was Akeem Hicks that got the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a, I think it was a second and goal from the five turns into a Bears you know, possession. Justin Fields got whatever he wanted. He was sacked nine times last week in Cleveland. He was given whatever he wanted. The Lions put zero pressure on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he fired the ball to Darnell Mooney four times for almost 100 yards in the first quarter alone. Um, Jared Goff finished the game with 299 yards, two touchdowns to Khalif Raymond late in the game that really made it a look – some window dressing basically made it look better than it actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth down in one play, I, I don't even know how to explain that. You're trying to throw – it's the same thing that happened in Green Bay, but a little bit of a different situation. In that situation, you got to take the points. It's a 24-17 game. Your defense could get a stop. You could get the ball back. You never know. You could have been playing for overtime at the end of the day. Instead, that, that was basically the same play they ran in Green Bay in the third quarter. He tried to throw an out or an in route 
to or no, I'm sorry, pardon me, an out route to Amara St. Brown mm-hmm. when you had Quintess Cephas wide open for a first down, possibly He's a touchdown. Forcing, yeah. He's forcing the ball. Uh, Fields ends up uh, with 209 yards passing and an interception. Mainly, most of those yards did come in the first half. Montgomery had a good game for the Bears, 23 carries, 106, and two touchdowns. It did mention the sprained knee. He will miss the next four to five weeks. But, man, 0-4, and, and I, I don't know when I see this team getting a win. We got the Vikings next week. We got the Bengals the week after. Mm-hmm. I believe we have the Browns the week after that or two weeks after that. I, I don't know when this team's getting a win. I'm looking at the schedule right now. And the best I see us having a chance is the Eagles. And that's week nine, week eight. We might be able to squeak one against the Steelers. But is um, that game at home, Steelers? Because um, we're not going to Pittsburgh and win. I don't care how bad that Steelers team is. We're not going to Pittsburgh and win. Let's see. I think it's at, yeah, it's at the Steelers, yeah. so we're not winning that. I, I don't care how bad the Steelers let's, team is. They don't lose games at home. We have the Vikings. We're going to the Vikings next week. Yeah, we're, we're not. Heck no. Bengals coming to us. I think they could beat us. Yeah, I don't but, care how good. I don't care if they're 3-1. I don't care if they're 1-4. They're still beating The us. reason I think they can beat us is I actually view us as worse than Jacksonville because James Robinson has found his rhythm, mm-hmm. whereas this week we had no running game, and, and it stems from a horrible loss. And, it, mm-hmm. and it's just, you know. Well, now and have beaten and battered in line. Yeah. Taylor Decker's out a couple weeks. Uh, Ragnow has some sort of yeah. turf toe, so apparently. He could, be out. he could be out this week. So you're missing your starting left tackle. You're possibly missing your starting center. Uh, Romeo Cuarto tore his Achilles. Yeah, so Basically, your only pass rusher is out for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, we've obviously talked about how big of a mess that secondary is. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, missing Okuda for the rest of the season. But I don't. Then, know. then we go to the Rams. So that's an L, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. That's week then the Eagles, six, yeah. right? Uh, so it goes yeah. no, no, week, no seven, week seven. Sorry. So it goes Vikings, Bengals at the Rams. Then, then I the think Eagles we go. Okay, so we go to the Eagles, and I think we got the Browns or the Steelers no. after that, right? Then we have. Then we go to the Steelers. We go to the Steelers, then and then we go, we go to the, the Browns, Browns, and then we have Bears, come to us. Bears, and then I think we have a bye after that, right? Yes, and, and that'll be right after Thanksgiving. It's right after Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is our bye, and then so Steelers Eagles might be our first one. Mm-hmm. I think they have a better team. With the way they've been playing, I mean, if you if you Their put the same if you put the same game plan together that you did against the Ravens, stopping Jalen. I know Jalen Hurts uh-huh. is not nearly the runner that Lamar Jackson is, but if you can put some pressure on Jalen Hurts and make him run, he's obviously a way below average runner compared to Lamar Jackson. If you can use that same game plan, tweak it a little bit, mm-hmm. I think they can beat the Eagles. What I don't understand is how we stop Lamar Jackson, but don't stop Justin Fields. Well, it's and he had simple. All that time. It's simple. They didn't put any pressure on him. Yeah. Well, why not? I mean, if it was working the week before. I mean, with the protect and the Bears' offensive line, they're beaten and battered. They're using a 38-year-old Jason Peters as a left tackle, which obviously is clearly at the end of his career. They have a lot of young guys on that on that um, offensive line, but I think with the lack of pass rush or the great offensive line play by the Bears, whatever perspective you want to look at this, I think you and I could have played quarterback. Yeah. for the Bears and had a very good game because game they just they, they didn't put any pressure on the quarterback. Um, didn't look like the line, the front seven had no interest in trying to tackle David Montgomery. That right. nine-yard touchdown that he had to start he the second quarter through. where he, met, he he evaded four tackles and basically got stopped at the two and then pushed his way two yards into the end zone. We, the Bears come to us at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, so that's going to be right before the bye. Do you think we could win that one? Yeah, it's Thanksgiving. I mean, we have the maybe. Vikings coming to us the week after the bye. I think that's see, see divisional games at home. Other than the Packers, I feel like we can win. After that, though, then we have to go to the Broncos. And oh, that's all. 
sorry. That We've never had any success there, that, even no matter how bad the team is. The game we played at um, – yeah, I know. We lost to Kyle Orton. There. lost to Kyle Orton there. We lost to Drew Locke there. I mean, that was great. You know, that was Drew Locke's yeah. good good uh, 2019 rookie season. But After the Broncos, the Cardinals come to us, and that is not, a, not win. a win. Which means the only win I think I see us having is the week after. It's the Christmas week. It's two days after Christmas. We're going to Atlanta. That's the only God, game I we think lose we to have a If we lose to Atlanta, they need to leave Campbell in Atlanta and just fire him right For there. Real. Then we go to the Seahawks. Okay, we're not beating Seattle, and, and we the get. Packers come to us. They're gonna have a, they're gonna have the division locked up. Yeah. We're gonna be playing against Jordan Love. He is still gonna win. We can win. We can win against Jordan. Love. You think we can get two wins then? Two, three wins. <sighs> three. I think I have this only seventeen. Three. three, three is the ceiling at this point. I, I said four or five at the beginning of the season, yeah. but three is the ceiling. Uh, if, if, you got anything else to say? Because I think I just said about enough. I, I don't want to frustrate myself even more. It does. It's supposed to get better and better, and it gets worse. It's it's just proving to me. Play versus the Forty I understand this is a young team. I understand this is going to be a rebuild. We've been rebuilding. Everybody's the whole joke around the city is we've been rebuilding since '57, which was the last year I believe they won the NFL championship. Yeah, wasn't even the Super Bowl at that time. That's how long it's been. (laughs) (laughs) But I know everybody's been saying is rebuild, 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 rebuild. I I told people from the beginning. I was glad that we got rid of Matthew Stafford. It's it's nice to see him have the success that he's had. Obviously, barring last week, didn't play that well against Arizona, very good Arizona Cardinals defense. But if you would have given me an extra first-round pick instead of Jared Goff, I would have been totally fine with that. I've never been a Jared Goff fan. I think that Sean McVay is the reason that he's had success mm-hmm. pre-Detroit Lions. Obviously, uh, having Todd Gurley in Todd Gurley's prime yeah. helped him a lot. And that's the only reason that Jared Goff made a Super Bowl. And you saw what he did in that Super Bowl. Three points. They scored three points. Bill Belichick basically held Todd Gurley to nothing. Yeah, I understand Todd Gurley was injured. He was injured from like week 14 on. He was never 100%. C.J. Anderson's really the reason that they got led to the Super Bowl and a blown pass interference call in that New Orleans game, which, you know, I don't think we'll ever forget about, but – it's just it, it proves the point that I've been making since late January when we made this trade. I believe it was the week before the Super Bowl we made this trade. Mm-hmm. That Jared Goff is not the right quarterback for this team. No. So what you need to do is you let him play it out. You dump him in the offseason. And you try to either you use your draft pick that you get from whatever record you finish out with. Or you get that draft pick from whoever you trade Goff to. And, and you go draft a quarterback. And you start over again. Now... Whether it's Spencer Rattler, whether it's Sam Howell, whether it's Caden Slovis, whether it's Malik, you know Willis from um, Liberty, mm-hmm. who it is, it, he, I know Rattler and Howell have struggled so far this year. Rattler struggled so much in Oklahoma that the student sections were calling out for a five-star freshman That's to be cool. playing instead of him in one of their games. I believe it was against West Virginia a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oklahoma's undefeated right now, but they haven't looked the part. It's just it needs to be somebody else, but. Jared Goff. And it's just making me, and it should be making the previous regime. And I, I hate to bring up the previous regime because of what they did to this team, mm-hmm. but they made, they've made the mistake of drafting Jeff Okuda in that 2020 NFL draft instead of trading down and getting Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Every time I, I, I like Justin Herbert, I've liked him ever since he was at Oregon. I've been a big Justin Herbert fan ever since he really broke out into the scene. Mm-hmm. It hurts me to watch him play. No, because that is 
that could have been the key to making this franchise look like they were in 2012 or in 2013 when they were winning 10, 11 games, when they were in contention in December. For real. When I understand that we, we have not seen in our lifetimes the Lions, we've seen them play in three playoff games. Yeah. We've never seen them win. Justin Herbert could have been that guy to get us to, to get us one. that playoff win. Mm-hmm. That's enough of that. It's in the past. I want to talk about one more game before we go to break. Very quickly, Ravens 23, Broncos 7. It really didn't live up to the hype that I thought it was going to. I think the Ravens played a very good game, and this shows why the Ravens possibly could win the AFC North this year. I know we just talked about the Bengals as being a contender, but I think head-to-head, if it came down to head-to-head, the Ravens are beating the Bengals twice, I think. Lamar Jackson, 316 and a touchdown. Hollywood Brown, I guess he can catch the ball. He made that incredible catch on a deep ball by Lamar Jackson in the second quarter, diving touchdown catch. Uh, Bridgewater, he uh, ended up getting concussed. I believe it was in the second half. Drew Locke stepped in, got 113 yards and, and an interception on the last uh, offensive series for the Broncos. Cortland Sutton struggled three catches, 47 yards. I think Noah Fant found the end zone. Um, obviously, when we get – I want to mention – I want to talk about the game first before we get into the controversy after the game. But uh, I do I do pose this question, dude. Does a possible change in quarterback hurt Denver's chances? Yeah. Because obviously we've seen what Bridgewater can do. I, I would say if Bridgewater played this full game, it would have been a little closer. I'm not going to say they would have won because the Ravens' offense looked pretty much unstoppable on Sunday. But if Drew Locke was to start, let's say, the next three games, I, I don't have the schedule in front of them, their schedule in front of me. Do they even win a game? No. If Drew Locke plays for three games. I'm going to pull up their schedule right oh, now and I'll, and, I'll list and off the And the games. reason is it's not just Drew Locke this time. It's that the receivers are out. Judy's out. Judy and Hamler. Yeah, Hamler. Judy's, well, Judy, Judy's coming back, though. Yeah. Judy's going to be back, I say, anywhere between the next one to three weeks. But you're not getting Sutton back. Their next three games, um, at the Steelers this week, they got the Raiders at home next week, yeah, and then they have a quick turnaround, a Thursday nighter at Cleveland are yeah. the next three games. So They, they can beat Denver. They can beat Pittsburgh, I think, yeah. with Locke. But I think that's one and two because I don't think the Raiders yeah. and definitely not the Browns. Even if Bridgewater's playing in either one of those games, mm-hmm. whether it being the Raiders or Browns games, I don't even know if they win with Bridgewater. Yeah. They can beat the Raiders, I think, with Bridgewater. I don't think they can beat the Browns with him. Ravens played really well. Lamar Jackson, though, incredible passing game. I mean, it's the second always, 300 yard game of his career. We always talk about his running game, and he only had 28 rushing yards this, this week. Mm-hmm. He did. They did get that what record, right? That you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that on the flip side there. Yep. All right, so we'll be right back after this quick break. I want to get into this uh, Baltimore Ravens controversy with the rushing yard records. We got two more games to break down before we hit some honorable mentions. So we will be right back after this quick break. All right, we're back here. Just want to take a quick break there before we get into this controversy with the Baltimore Ravens rushing record. I believe, um, obviously, the record is for consecutive 100-yard games by the team. I believe the record was 43 by the uh, mid-1970s Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens were sitting at 42 consecutive games with 100 rushing yards going into the Sunday game against the Broncos. Drew Locke throws an interception with about three seconds left. Seals the deal. It's 23-7 to at the time. Uh, instead of taking a knee, John Harbaugh decides to run a quarterback-designed run with Lamar Jackson. He runs up the left sideline, gets five yards, puts him at 102 rushing yards, slides down, and that's the ball game. There was a lot of controversy after the game. Obviously, uh, the Harbaugh, the Ravens, you know, end was, oh, we were just trying to preserve the record, you know, and saying something that somebody would say if they weren't in the wrong. They didn't think they were in the wrong. 
Broncos coach Vic Fangio had different words about that, saying that it was BS and that they basically put their player safety second to themselves. So it went back and forth a couple times, you know, Monday pressers yesterday and whatnot. What what are your quick thoughts on this? I thought it was a little low. I was watching Red Zone when it happened. Mm-hmm. I, I went on a little bit of an expletive rant after it happened. I wasn't very happy about it. I think it's a low blow. But if I was a part of this team, I think I would have different. If I was on the Ravens, I would have a different mindset than if I was – you know, oh, for sure, yeah. If I'm if, if if I'm one game away from tying a record, and I have one play, like that that opportunity to get that pick is just like, what are the odds of that mm-hmm. that you even get the ball? At the exactly. Distance? So I understand why they did it. Was it right? Was it no? Was it right? No. <laughs> I understand. Like I don't get me wrong. I feel like I I would want to try to get those yards. But the thing is, if I knew this record was on the line, I would do everything in my power to get this before I, mm-hmm. before I even have to be in a position like that. Yeah. Before I even have to go down and see. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely day. wrong. I think. I think it's. I think it's like like you said, it's a low blow because it's like, bro. It's like they, trying. They, to, they brought out their players. It's like trying in a fifteen or twenty point game to try to throw an eighty yard touchdown to stat to pat your stats for your quarterback. Let's say, oh, it's, it'd be his first 400-yard game, and he's at 325 yards. Let's throw an 80-yard pass down the field and see if we can get him a 400-yard game or not. Yeah. It's absolutely a low low blow, and it's Bush League. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it shouldn't happen in the sport. And the the Ravens, the NFL is a, is a tight fraternity. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'm not going to say Lamar Jackson's going to have it out for him. But a lot of people are but mad. a lot of people are going to be mad about this, I think. And a lot of people, I think, are keeping their mouth shut about it, too. Who do, who do the Ravens play next week? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Oh, they play. Hang on. thought I knew, but I don't know. They play. Okay, hang on one second. Oh, it's one of our. No, it's not. I don't know. Oh, they play the Colts on Monday Night Football. It's a Monday nighter against the Indianapolis Colts. I don't think the Colts are going to do anything about it, but I think they can run for a hundred yards against the Colts. Oh, for sure they can. Get the record. Which I mean, once they get the record, I don't think they're going to care, and they won't do anything stupid like this again. But let's move on to the Brady versus Belichick Bowl. It was the most watched Sunday night football game ever. It was the third most watched NFL regular season game of all time. Obviously, you had all the storylines galore. It was Brady going back to Foxborough for the first time since that 2020 divisional game in January where they lost shockingly to the Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Belichick's first game against Tom Brady. It was Tom Brady's first time being a visitor at Gillette Stadium. He even mentioned that horn that they play on third down, you know. Um, he mentioned that, you know, you never thought about it as a Patriot, that it would be annoying. But, you know, being on the other side of the, the, the coin there, yeah. you really thought that, you know, it's kind of annoying, but um, the Bucks ended up winning a, quite a sloppy game. It was rainy. It was foggy. Um, you had Steve Belichick uh, wiggling his tongue. I, I don't know what he was doing. He was trying. I don't know what he was doing. You, you got to look up the memes and the, 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 you know, article and everything about it later. It was really weird. He, he, I don't know if he was like, I don't know. Steve Belichick's a weird guy. He's got a mullet. Um, yeah, he, he's kind of strange. You, you got to read into it a little bit more. I don't want to get too much into detail about it just to spoil it for you, but. Uh, the Bucks won 1917. Tom Brady with only 269 passing yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 
Uh, he ended up breaking NFL pass yards record set by Drew Brees, who actually was in the building doing the game for NBC Sunday Night Football. The Patriots fans were kind of bitter, to be honest with you. They obviously played the tribute video and whatnot. They uh, they cheered him during that, but once he stepped the field on the field for that first series, it was booze, and that kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, Mac Jones had a good game, 275 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. It was a little bit of an unlucky ending for the Patriots as Nick Folk uh, doinked one off the upright on a possible game-winning 56-yard field goal with under a minute to go, which ended up sealing the deal for the Bucs 19-17. What were your thoughts on this uh, Sunday nighter? Ronald Jones finally got in the end zone, yep. I think. Yeah. And uh, Leonard Fournette had a really good game. The running game really shined for the Bucs. It had to. I mean, Brady yeah. didn't throw for 300 yards. Richard Sherman, though. Seven he actually passes. started. I'm really surprised. He really I heard a lot of rumors earlier in the week saying he was only going to be used as an emer- in, an, in an emergency role. But obviously, I believe Carlton Davis ended up getting injured uh-huh. into the game, so that kind of set the stage for Sherman to return. He played really well. Winfield got a pick. Antonio Brown got... Antonio Brown back. played very good, surprisingly, after coming off of COVID, I thought. Jacoby Myers got... Um, Jacoby Myers threw pass. three passes. Yeah. He was great. The, well, former college quarterback. I mean, the interview of Brady after the game is what I liked. He said, you, he thanked and, everyone who, who like all his receivers mm-hmm. who had caught. He was thinking about them. He was thinking about how to be a part of that mm-hmm. is is more than just him. It's yeah. about everyone he passed the ball to. And then to, he even went and said, you know, uh, he poked fun at himself, which I thought was cool. Where he said, everyone, everyone knows I can throw a little bit, mm-hmm. but they know I can't catch because of that Eagles play. Everyone's seen the play. oh, the the, the play in the Super Bowl, he, yeah, he, yeah. He jabbed himself a little bit there. Him but, and him and Belichick had like a private meeting after the game for like twenty minutes. Uh, Belichick pulled up coach Mike Shashevsky, the Duke basketball coach, went into the opposing team's locker room. Gosh. Thought that was kind of interesting. What do you think they talked about? I don't know, man. I uh, I don't Come know. Come back, please. <laughs> right. I'm I'm wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I just looked up the uh, Steve Belichick. Belichick. That's just why that looks. So I don't know. Weird. I don't know, man. He, he kind of kind of a strange guy. I mean, look at this picture of him. He looks like a naked like grape or something. <laughs> that is not a very appealing picture, but I mean, so that's Bill Belichick's uh, son. son. Yeah, I believe he's the defensive coordinator for the team. That's wow. He looks. He looks like. Uh, he doesn't look like he'd be Bill Belichick. No, he doesn't. That's exactly what I thought, too. All right, we're going to move on here to the Monday Nighter. The Chargers 28, the Raiders 14 kind of started a little weird. Uh, the game's kickoff was scheduled for 820, but they had a lightning delay inside a domed stadium, which didn't make John Gruden very happy. So needless to say, they had about a half hour-ish delay. The game started, uh, and the Chargers really started – like a lightning bolt you know it it was quick and you turned around and it was 21 to nothing at the half Mm -hmm. uh the Raiders responded very quickly got two touchdowns right away Derek Carr starting to look like you know the Derek Carr of the first four weeks of the season Mm -hmm. and uh yeah dark horse MVP candidate for sure but um Herbert only had 222 yards three touchdowns though he threw one to Ackler I believe one to Mm -hmm. the backup tight end which was very surprising Eckler with 117 yards on a touchdown, three yards, 28 yards, and receiving touchdown. Jacobs, um, surprised he really played, to be honest with you. He was a game-time decision coming in uh, with the ankle injury that had held him out of the last two weeks. He had 13 carries for 40 yards. Um, the real question is, is the Chargers going to be for real at 3-1? and one? I think so, and I think because of the game against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, to beat – 
the team everyone thought was going to be on top. And you saw the Bucks kind of dismantle their offense in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But the Chargers won a close one against the Chiefs and moved their record to, you know, worst in that division. Mm-hmm. I think with beating the Raiders now, after beating the Chiefs, beating two of the teams everyone's talking about in your division as your competition, and, and, and the way they beat the Raiders, I think they're the team to beat. Right now in the AFC. Right West. now, I mean, you wait till they have to play. I mean, they've already beaten Mahomes once. That's what I'm saying. And now, but they beat Derek Carr by, you know, last last year they lost to the Raiders both times mm-hmm. on. Yeah, they were on last second plays. Game. Yeah. So to to beat 21 to zero at the half, and then to finish the game, they could they could have fallen apart there when it was 21 14. Mm-hmm. They finished out the game well. Well, I mean, the Raiders had a chance to tie late in the third, early in the fourth quarter. I believe uh, Carr threw a 50-yard bomb to Henry Ruggs on a uh, it was a first or second down play, but mm-hmm. then basically did nothing after that. Carlson missed, uh, who has probably one of the bigger legs in the NFL right now, missed a 52-yard field goal um, that would have made it a four-point game, but then Herbert and crew just marched right down the field. They got a key fourth down conversion, which was a little bit of a uh, gutsy play call by Brandon Staley. And then they ended up getting a, uh, I believe that was when on the same drive where Eckler ended up getting a touchdown run. But, um, you know, we look at the Raiders, you know, we, we say they could be the darlings of the AFC right now. But, and, and this was definitely, it was a step in the wrong direction for them, but they do have a very favorable next four games. They play the Bears next week, which, I mean, I don't see, I don't see Justin Fields' first, second road game in the NFL going down to Vegas. Don't think that's going to end very well for Fields. Uh, they have the Broncos. That should be a very good game on the 17th. And then they have Philly. And then after a bye, they have the Giants. So we could still be talking about them as a contender. And I see them coming out of this next four-game stretch at 8-2. and two. Mm-hmm. But then, okay, you put them at 8-2. and two, They have the Chiefs, then the Bengals, then the Cowboys, then Washington, then the Chiefs again, the Browns, the Broncos, the Colts, and the Chargers to finish out the season. So that stretch right there, that last nine-game stretch after the bot is going to be really the deciding factor. Because if you look at it right now, I don't want to be a pessimist here, but playing Dallas on Thanksgiving, you're not winning that game. I'm sorry. You're not beating the Chiefs twice, I don't think. I don't think you're going to beat them once. I don't think the Bengals – maybe the Bengals because they're going to be at home. Washington may be a win, but – I, I don't know. The Chargers are the only team that six and the if they're six and two going into that, that though that's going to be a big stretch for them. I think definitely Chargers are my team to watch in the AFC West. I know the Chiefs have been the dominant force mm-hmm. in that division. I think the Chiefs are going to end up being the second team. I think Raiders can. Make I mean, the well. Chiefs probably could be a wild card at this point. I yeah, think that's but. what I think. I think Chargers have this division based on the win versus the Kansas City already. Mm-hmm. And then already two and zero in the division. Yeah, and I don't. That's a tie. I believe that's yet. a tiebreaker in divisions. Mm-hmm. Is 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 the win loss record in the division, or it may be the second tiebreaker. I believe the first mm-hmm. tiebreakers had to had, which I mean, if it's the Chargers and yeah. Chiefs, Chargers are one zero already. Yeah, I think they can be two and zero in the division. Obviously, with the only were loss. they on the road against the Chiefs? That's yeah, the yeah, those at Arrowhead. So, so they got they home? still got them coming to SoFi, and I you saw, so. and there was no crowd there last year, mm-hmm. but you saw what Herbert did against the Chiefs at home last year. It was his first NFL start, obviously, with the the whole Tyrod Taylor breaking the ribs thing. The trainers, I should say, breaking the ribs. But, um, you know, I just want to – Tyrod Taylor, man. Mm -hmm. How long is he out now? I think he's only out a couple weeks. But, I mean, he'll definitely be coming back with Davis Mills playing the way they got beat 40 to nothing (laughs) against Buffalo. But the next next five games for the Chargers, they got the Browns, they got at the Ravens, they got the Pats, at the Eagles, and the Vikings. 
So that's going to be a big five-game stretch for them. Obviously, these next two weeks are going to be probably the biggest two weeks of the season right now. Because if you can beat Cleveland and the Ravens going to Baltimore against Lamar Jackson, looking at that five and one going into a stretch with Pats, Eagles, Vikings, Steelers, Broncos, Bengals, you're looking really, really good. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for those games. Uh, just some quick honorable mentions here before we look, get, look ahead, pardon me, to week number five. The Cardinals, we mentioned, they absolutely pummeled the Rams, gave Matthew Stafford his first loss as a, a Los Angeles Ram. Kyler Murray, 268 yards, two touchdowns, passing at 39 rushing yards. It was a big win for the Arizona Cardinals to get to 4 0. James Conner really had his first big game as the Arizona Cardinals, I believe, as an Arizona Cardinal. I, I think he found the end zone twice. Chase Edmonds had a good game as a back in the backup role. Um, I think it's safe to say that Patrick Mahomes is going to be okay. I understand it was against the Eagles, but he did throw for five touchdowns, mm-hmm. three of them going to Tyreek Hill. Uh, he had a couple shovel pass touchdowns, which is basically I've become a Chiefs staple, I think. As Andy Reid got his 100th win as a Kansas City Chiefs head coach, wow. I think it was fitting. He did it in both Philly and Kansas City. I think it was fitting that he won the 100th game as a Chiefs coach mm-hmm. against Philly. It was Shady McCoy's jersey retirement day. I believe they retired his jersey or gave him a Hall of Fame ring or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Edwards Hilaire did the Shady McCoy celebration after he scored, which I thought was kind of funny. That's weird. Um, the Steelers lose again in Green Bay, as I think it's time for Mike Tomlin to go. I think it is. I think it's time for him and Roethlisberger to I both think, get out of town. I think Tomlin gets another job, though. Oh, for sure. I, he's not going to be done. I agree. Though. They've only had four coaches since, like, the 70s. Yeah. It was um, – they, they had one coach, and then it was Chuck Knoll, then it was Cower, and now it's Tomlin. I, I've been a Tomlin fan. I mm-hmm. never liked that play he made on Jacoby Jones. When he oh, when he that. tripped. It's funny. I brought that up last week. I don't know, I don't know how I, I brought it up, but I was talking to my dad, and I think I mentioned that at one point or another. It may have been during this game on Sunday. I think that Tomlin is a fantastic coach, one of the best coaches of the, you know. He's definitely one of the greater coaches of the 21st century, oh, for yeah. sure. And I think um, there's a lot of teams that would definitely be interested in having him, mm. especially, like, I could – Say, you know, the Jaguars for sure. I mean, do you think Mike Tom for Mike Tomlin's brand and image? Do you really think he wants to go coach a young team? Now, I mean, now, okay, Shad Khan threw a gajillion dollars basically at Urban Meyer and said, Come coach this football team. So, I don't think money is going to be an issue. It's just more of Mike Tomlin's standards, I think. Yeah. And then the last thing I had here before, if you want to mention anything else that I didn't bring up, Josh Allen back to MVP form, 248 yards, two touchdowns, a crush of the Houston Texans, 40 to nothing. The way that they played in the last two weeks after, obviously, I, I don't even want to really t- – I don't want to count that loss towards them, that week one loss against the Steelers because that's the only Steelers win right now. Mm-hmm. But they pummeled the Washington football team last week. I believe put up almost 50 on them. And then put, for them to put up 40 on the Texans this week, mm-hmm. I think the Bills are going to be okay too. They've that's going to be a fun one. Bills, Chiefs, Sunday night football this week. We will talk about that when we break down week five. Is there any other honorable mentions that you have that I didn't bring up before I run through the scores of the games we didn't talk to before we get into week five preview? Jets snuck out that win. I was impressed by that. Zach Wilson looked really good. He looked, really good he looked like the number two overall pick for once. Um, and It's just a quick stat line here. He had um, – I believe he had 275 passing yards and two touchdowns. I don't think he threw an interception either. Here, hang on one second. I got the numbers here. 297, two touchdowns. He did throw an interception, though. But um, Corey Davis, 111 yards and a touchdown. Crowder, seven grabs, 61 and a touchdown. Keelan Cole had a key catch in overtime mm-hmm. to um, 
really the Jets shouldn't have let the Titans even have a chance to score. They had a third and goal from the one. They ran a bootleg. Wilson decided to take the sack. He probably should have just thrown the ball, to be honest with you. This reminded me of when the Jets beat who they beat last season at the end of the season, the Rams. Yeah, they beat the Rams. Yeah, I basically ruined Trevor Lawrence yeah. for him. But that, that's what this game reminds me of. They beat mm. a team they shouldn't, they shouldn't have beaten. Um, the game of the week for me was Giants Saints. Winston for them to come down up through some dots. Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. Did you see that first touchdown? That was incredible. Had? I think it was like a bowling ball. Seven tackles, and then the best part of this game for me though. Was Saquon Barkley had a good game? Saquon Barkley proved the, the doubters wrong. I was one of those doubters. I told people fantasy football circles that I, you know, I said do not draft Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. But proved me wrong for at least a game. Uh, Thirteen carries, fifty-two yards, and a touchdown, rushing the ball. But five grabs and seventy-four yards and receiving touchdown. Kadarius Tony finally got some action. Six grabs, seventy-eight yards. Galladay, six grabs for 116 yards in his first real big game for the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones, 28 of 40, 402 yards and two touchdowns. Now, my favorite part of that game was Jabril Peppers during the coin toss. Yeah. He said, he said, I want the ball effing. Yeah. And I think that got into the Saints hat a little bit, and that's yeah. how the Giants won that game. I liked it. We got to talk Cowboys-Panthers real quick. Darnold has found the end zone twice rushing. Five um, rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Through his, he leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns among all players. Now he's not gonna have a 20 rush touchdown season. You know, he's not gonna be yeah. I'm not saying Sam Darnold's, you know, Cam Newton 2.0, because if you really want to break it down, I believe three of them are quarterback sneaks. Uh-huh. One yard quarterback sneaks. But you know, we saw the Sam Darn. I think we saw the Sam we saw both Sam Darnolds this week. Yeah. We saw the Sam Darnold of the Panthers and we saw the Sam Darnold of the Jets. Because he threw this two interceptions. Both is- to Trayvon Diggs. Five, that's an, yeah. another incredible feat. Trayvon Diggs has five interceptions through the first four games. He is the first Cowboy to do that in like 40 years. And we were dogging on their secondary. And we were. We were dogging on that whole defense in this offseason. And I think I think I may want to eat my words I on that Cowboys win. team. I, I didn't think the Cowboys were going to win. I, I didn't think they were going to win they it as comfortably. I didn't think they were going to win it as comfortably as I think they are going to right now the division. And I think they could be a dark horse to I don't want to say this because it hurts me to say it because I hate the Cowboys, but I really think they have a shot to make the Super Bowl if they keep playing like this. They, they almost beat the Bucks week one. They'd be four. They'd be four and zero if it wasn't for a missed OPI call by on Godwin mm-hmm. in that game down the stretch. Prescott yeah. um, did not miss a beat at all. Yeah, no. I was a little worried about that lag. Four touchdowns. Bro. Four passing touchdowns. Uh, only 188 yards, but he had thrown for enough. I think in the first three weeks. This two-headed monster of Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. They had 30 carries. They had 210 yards rushing and a touchdown. Great. Not to add, not oh, okay, never mind. I'm not gonna add in their receiving stats because Zeke only had one target, no catches. Pollard, obviously, really not a receiving running back either. But for those two to combine for 30 carries and about 200 yards and a touchdown. The four receiving, the four passing touchdowns back through two were all different. We're all the different players. Cooper, Schultz, Cedric Wilson, Jarwin. In, incredible, and then on the on the flip side of the ball, DJ Moore had an incredible game. He's had he really did a couple of weeks. One yeah. thir- eight catches, one thirteen, and two touchdowns. He's balling out. Um, and that, I think that really wraps up everything I had to say. If you want to list some right. scores, like well, real quick, uh, we did we didn't uh, touch on a few games here. The Washington Football Team thirty four thirty win over the Falcons. That was a very exciting game. JD McKissick diving into the end zone from a couple yards out late in the game to seal that for the Washington Football Team. 
a good stand by the Washington football defense. We dogged on a lot early in the season. Yeah. They ended up Matt Ryan and the crew were marching right down the field. They stopped him in their place at the 30, made Matt Ryan throw a little bit of a Hail Mary situation. I don't know why he's not throwing the ball to Kyle Pitts in that situation. Um, I believe it was to uh, Zacharias and uh, maybe Ridley was involved in that. That was kind of a boneheaded uh, decision by Matt Ryan and especially by head coach, first-year head coach Arthur Smith. Um, Colts 17, Dolphins 20 – pardon me, Colts 27, Dolphins 17. Wentz 228 in the touchdown. Taylor with his first 100-yard game of the season. Uh, the Browns and Vikings, the Kevin Stefanski Bowl. Uh, the Browns ended up taking that game in a offensive struggle, 14-7. Vikings went right down the field. Uh, I believe it was a 75-plus uh, yard drive to start the season or to start the game. Mm-hmm. Went right down Justin Jefferson with a touchdown. Kirk Cousins and crew couldn't get much done after that, though. As it was a 100-yard game for Nick Chubb, and the Browns won that game 14-7. Um, and the other game that we did not mention uh, was the Seahawks 28 and the 49ers 21. They kind of flipped the script this week. We talked last week that they weren't scoring the mo- – the points much in the second half. They were scoring them all in the first half. They scored seven in the second quarter and were tied at the half. They scored 21 in the second half. But the key for that game, um, sprained calf for Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to miss three weeks, two to three weeks. But And then he came out last night and said that he may play on Sunday. So, But Trey Lance stepped in. He had a decent game, two touchdowns. Garoppolo had 165 and a touchdown in his um, stint in the first half. Trey Sermon with 90 yards on the ground. Debo Samuel. Two people Nationally, thing. people are not talking about Debo Samuel. Yeah, no. This guy had an amazing game. You, you go back to the game that he had in week one against the Lions. He had a similar stat line. Almost cost him the game with that fumble late down the stretch, though. But I think a lot of people need to start opening their eyes to Debo Samuel right now. Mm-hmm. As being a, not, I wouldn't say a top 10, top 15 receiver in the league. But he's got 28 grabs, 490 yards, and three touchdowns so far in the first four games of the season. 28 grabs is tied for fifth in the NFL. He's leading the NFL right now in rushing or in receiving yards. Pardon me. Wow. Debo Samuel through four weeks of the NFL is leading the league in receiving. And no right one's now. mentioned him. 17 and a half yards of catches, fourth in the league. All right, that's going to wrap it up here for our week four review. When we get back from this quick break, we are going to talk week five in the NFL before we hit player spotlight, before we get you out of here, guys. We'll be right back. All right, we're back here for episode number 76 of Dylan and I'll talk NFL. We've hit the portion of our week five preview. Thursday night football, we have the 3-1 and LA Rams taking on the 2-2 two and two Seattle Seahawks. Alex, how do you see this Thursday night clash going? Who was the team's Rams Seahawks? Rams Seahawks. <laughs> Someone was paying attention. Yeah, I was paying attention. <laughs> I was looking at mullets. Um, it's going to be close, but the way the Rams lost to the Cardinals, I think there's going to be a little bit of fire there. Mm-hmm. A little bit, okay, we need to regain the top spot. And if the Seahawks can't find a way to keep scoring in the second half, I know they did it this week. It's Stafford's first real hostile environment that he's yeah. faced in L.A. I think – it's going to be close, mm-hmm. but I think the Rams can get it. I think it's going to be a really fun game. Um, we finally get a good Thursday night football game, obviously the opener. We've had good games. We just haven't had the greatest Teams. matchups. Yeah. Obviously, week one, Cowboys, Bucks, that was probably the best one so far, but I think this one trumps it for sure. Mm-hmm. It's Staff versus Russ. Uh, I think Seattle's going to pull this game out. They don't lose very many games at home. I think that's going to stay the same. I don't think he's lost. I don't think Russ has lost a primetime game at home, and I think that record's going to stay. Uh, Stafford's going to throw – he's going to have a good game. 265 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. 
I think Jamal Adams gets that interception as I think he really gets back on track this week. Uh, Russ is going to have 250, three touchdowns, one rush. I think DK Metcalf catches both receiving touchdowns. Stafford's key interception, though, late in the game as they're driving down the field to try to take the lead, seals it. And Seattle's going to get back on track with two NFC West wins in a row, counting the ones they had in San Francisco last week. That's going to move us on to Sunday at 1 o'clock. The 0-4 Lions. They're going to go to Minnesota for their second straight uh, NFC North road game to take on the 1-3 Minnesota Vikings. The good news is this is the last NFC North road game we have to play this year, and it's already week five. But uh, the, the key question is, is going to be, is this gonna, team going to be 1-2 and two on the road in the NFC North, or is this team going to be 0-3 on the road in the NFC North? 0-3. Yeah. We are losing this game. The Vikings, they, they had a chance to beat the Cardinals week one. Week two. Oh, yeah, week two. My bad. Last really should have won last, last week, too. really close to the Browns. We have – They had half of an offense, they would have won that game. Oh, yeah. Is Dalvin Cook going to be back? Yeah, he's back. Yeah. That settles it. If David Montgomery could destroy us, if Damian Williams could destroy us. Playoff Damian. I think uh, we're going to get massacred. I think it's going to actually go exactly like the Bears game went. Vikings come out strong. They look good. Justin Jefferson maybe gets a touchdown. I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't that bad this year. I think he's only thrown a pick. He has like nine touchdowns and a pick. So his stat lines 1,121 yards and nine touchdowns already this year. And one interception is, I think, you know, Kirk Cousins is going to have a really good game against us. It's not hard when you're going against the Lions. I think we might be scoreless again at half. Maybe we'll sneak one into DeAndre Swift before. If we get Jamal Williams more involved, I think he's really good. But overall, man. Dumpster fire for the Lions. Mm-hmm. No way we win this game. Yeah. First note I had, just like in the week, uh, just like when I broke down the game in week four. Oh, boy, we suck. <laughs> uh, this is going to be another loss. It's going to get us to 0-5. I'm thinking the score is like 31-10. I don't see the offense doing much. I don't see our defense doing anything better either. Uh, Goff is going to turn the ball over twice again, but he does get a touchdown. Cousins is going to throw for three. I think Cook catches one of those touchdowns. I think he runs for one as well. Um, the team does play a little bit better, though. Baby steps. They they definitely play better than they did in Chicago last week. Uh, it's going to be a less sloppy loss than in Chicago, but it's still embarrassing. This team's going to go to 0-5, and uh, I think the, the, losing, the losing streak's going to continue. Sucks. Going to move us on here to the Sunday 4-0-5 window. Uh, we have the 3-1 Browns going against the 3-1 Chargers. It's going to be a very good game at SoFi Stadium. Who wins this game? Really? Yeah. I like Justin Herbert, and I really think it's him and Josh Allen Frank right now. Mm-hmm. I think those are the two names. I think Eckler is going to continue to be dominant. I was looking at his uh, fantasy numbers. I don't think he scored under 21 points. Mm-hmm. So Eckler is going to have a monster game. I think he's actually – and I wasn't a huge fan of Eckler before this year. I thought he was good. Mm-hmm. But this year he's been dominant. And I just think the Chargers are, you know – I think the Chargers are the team to beat. I will say that in the AFC because I think Justin Herbert is playing lights out. Mm-hmm. He beat Derek Carr and Patrick Mahomes, his real competition. Chargers. Eckler, 283 rushing yards this year with two touchdowns, yeah. and he's got he adds 141 yards receiving and two touchdowns. He's fourth in the league. He's fourth on the team in receiving yards. That's crazy. Which is is hard Mike to think Williams, of. Uh, Mike Williams, yeah, 306 and four touchdowns. I think Mike Williams will return. You better start him. Because if you bench him, you know he'll have 25 points. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Herbert, 1178 yards, nine touchdowns. Shockingly, he's thrown three interceptions this year, though, which 
which is a little surprising. I didn't know it was that. I thought he only had two. <clears throat> but uh, obviously, I think this is going to be a sneaky game. Uh, I put it in here, depending on Monday Night Football, it'd be 3-1 versus 3-1. Obviously, we got that result for the Chargers to make it 3-1. and one. Uh, Baker playing in L.A. for the first time, I don't think it's going to phase him. I think the Browns are going to win this game 34-31, offensive shootout. Herbert's going to go for 325, three touchdowns. Eckler's going to get another score on the ground, I think. I think the receiving touchdowns go to Keenan Allen, and I'm just hoping this into existence, but Mike Williams scores again. Uh, Baker's going to have a little bit of a lower game, consistent passing-wise. He's going to have 275 and two touchdowns, but I think Hunt and Chubb both pick up the load. They're both going to score on the ground. The Browns, 4-1. Uh, I don't know, Super Bowl contender, possibly. Browns? I know you said it. I know you said that you were going to get a tattoo of Baker Mayfield if he wins the Super Bowl, but it's maybe one of those games where we may have to get that ready. Because hey, this could be a determining game. game and then possibly making a Super Bowl run. Yeah. I just wasn't impressed with the way they played versus the Vikings. Thought they should have blown them out. Mm-hmm. It's one of those trap games. I, I mean, feel like the Browns should be blowing people out. They should. They, they really should. If they, you saw how they played against the Bears. I understand that's at home. I don't think they would play that well if it had been on the road. Mm-hmm. But that that's that's the joy of NFL so football. Missed right? it so far, yeah. It's a road game. I think it's going to be a good game. I just think Herbert has been playing like, bro, I can't explain it, man. The mm. way Herbert's been playing is almost automatic robotic. I have him as the MVP, and I think this game, if, if he beats Baker, that's one step closer. Mm. Because if, if 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 you beat, do they they don't play the Rams at all, right? Mm-mm. They don't play the Bucs at all, do they? No, I don't think so. so. No, they play the Bucs last year, so he, no. He, can't, he has no way of completely knocking off all competition for mm-hmm. MVP. Yeah. But if he can beat Mahomes, Car and Baker. I mean, you're just beating the good, the, the, better, the better quarterbacks in this league right now. Yeah. It's going to move us on here to Sunday Night Football. I mentioned it earlier. We've got the Bills going to Arrowhead Stadium, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a great quarterback matchup, rematch of the 2020 AFC Championship game. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game than people think it's going to be, mm-hmm. but I think the Chiefs still eke it out 21 17. Mahomes, 225, two touchdowns. I think he's going to find Travis Kelsey again in the end zone mm-hmm. this week, and I think Tyreek Hill gets the other one. Uh, Josh Allen, 300 pass, 40 rush. I think he's only throwing a touchdown though this week, two interceptions. Mm-hmm. So his turnovers are really going to cost the Bills the game, I think. Um, the Chiefs defense is going to have one of those games that the Chiefs defense should be having. I think it's a five-sack game, obviously, with the two turnovers. I think Dawson Knox finds the end zone for the third straight week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, the Chiefs are going to win it. Uh, not going to knock the Bills down too much, though, as mm-hmm. I still think this possibly could be a 2021 AFC championship game. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this game? I got Chiefs taking it 28-24. It's going to be real close. It's going to be down. I mean, with these two quarterbacks, you think it would be a 50-45 to kind of game, but that's that's not how the NFL works. It's not college. The defenses are – Defenses are a lot better than in college for sure. The talent on both sides of the defense mm-hmm. when you look at those secondary. Yeah. And then, honestly, I don't think the Chiefs have that bad of a front seven. Mm-hmm. I really like Jones. I feel like he could get a sack or two. I think um, – it was last season when the Bills had to play Chiefs, Titans. They went on that stretch. Yeah, they went on that stretch, and, Josh and that's Allen really that really was what brought Josh Allen broke his MVP candidacy. I think. Unfortunately, I think it's the beginning of the end of it again. Yeah. I think he's going to finish the season great. I think he's going to have a stretch like that again that knocks him off, and that's why I think Herbert's going to have the stretch where he kind of pulls ahead, and then it'll depend on the back half of the season for sure. And you never, you can never predict injuries, and you mm. don't want to obviously, but. You know, unfortunately, if there is an injury, someone else could run away with, you know, the MVP. Yeah. It's going to move us on here to our final game of the Week 5 preview. Monday Night Football, the Colts and the Ravens. 
Obviously, there's a little bit of history involved in this game as the uh, the Colts actually moved from Indianapolis to Baltimore for a couple seasons before the Ravens were there. And then obviously ended up moving back to Indianapolis. I'm sure we'll get some weird Monday night graphic where, where they're going to show buses or, you know, whatever, moving vans or whatever. Just it's the weird production crew from Monday night football. I think the Ravens win this one very easily. I'm thinking 31 to seven. Carson Wentz is absolute ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> Three interceptions. Uh, he's only going to throw for 175 yards. I think he plays so poorly that Jacob Easton is going to finish this game. Seriously. I mean, Carson Wentz is still on two sprained ankles. I don't understand. I, I, somebody needs to explain to me how he is able to run around with two sprained ankles because I've been on one sprained ankle and I can't walk, let alone run. I understand he's an athlete and whatnot, but this, um, a strong defense by the Indianapolis Colts. I just don't think they can stop Lamar Jackson. 225 passing yards, 80 rushing yards. He's going to have two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. I think Hollywood catches another one. Um, I think Mark Andrews finally finds the end zone this week. Uh, the backs for Baltimore, whoever it's going to be, whether it's a combination of um, – obviously, Le'Veon Bell was activated last yeah, week. As Tyson Williams uh, was a little banged up. I don't believe he played. Whether it's Freeman and Murray or Murray and Bell, whatever the combination is, I think they'll have an all right game. And I do pose this question to you. Do you think that the Indianapolis Colts could be possibly getting rid of Frank Reich this year? I don't want them to because I don't think Frank Reich's the problem. I think it's mm-hmm. Wentz. I think it's Wentz, yeah. It's possible, but I'd like to see them hold on to yeah, I agree. Some other week five games we did not mention. We do have our first of two London games this week as we have the Jets and the Falcons. Uh, I do really I do really apologize. The poor Brits. I mean, you know, we're trying to get people in Europe involved in the game of American football. But we give them bills? we give them pure dog crap. Last year, or no, we didn't play any games over there because of the pandemic last year. But I believe one year we 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 went over there one year, played the Falcons. That was an all right game. Yeah. I think we we played the Chiefs over there before Mahomes was there. I believe that was the Alex Smith Chiefs. Uh-huh. But it seems like the Jaguars are always going over there. The Browns went over there a yeah. couple times when they were bad. I mean, we have the bad. Jets and the Falcons this week as the London game from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. Um, and then next week it's the Dolphins and the Jaguars. Over there, you're getting the worst team. So I apologize to all the uh, UK NFL fans. They're playing the Jets. So So we get (laughs) Zach Wilson going over there one week, and then Trevor Lawrence is going over there the next week. Now, uh, we have four of the bottom five teams. The only exception to this is the Lions not going and the the Giants not going. Mm -hmm. Imagine if there was three weeks and it was Lions. Oh, jeez, man. (laughs) And the sad part about it is, is there's only two games, obviously in London every year. Yeah. The tickets, I, I have I have the scoreboard pulled up, and it shows a little bit of a ticket thing that yeah. shows the tickets, you know, prices. If I clicked on Vivid Seats right now, tickets are as low as $295 wow, to go low. see that piece of crap. <laughs> now, if you want to look at the tickets for the Lions and Vikings, that's $34. Anyways, uh, 1 o'clock window on Sunday. We got the Packers and the Bengals. That's 3-1 versus 3-1. That should be a good game. Broncos-Steelers. From Heinz Field, uh, the Dolphins and the Bucks in the battle for Florida. Uh, the Saints going to Washington to take it on the football team. Uh, Eagles and Panthers from Charlotte. Uh, Titans and Jags. It could be could be the first game of Darrell Bevel. Could be the last game of Urban Meyer, depending on what happens during the week. Uh, and the last game of the one o'clock window from Houston, the Pats and the Texans. Um, in the late window, we have four games. We have the Bears and the Raiders, we mentioned Browns and Chargers. The 425 window, we have the Giants and the Cowboys from AT&T Stadium, Niners, Cardinals. 
And then obviously we've already mentioned the Sunday night game as well as the Monday night game. Uh, we got one more segment for you. Let's get it going here with the player spotlight. Alex, I'm going to let you lead off with your player spotlight, player of the week. Obviously, if this is your first time listening, uh, player spotlight's a little different than it was last year. We're going to be doing focusing on a little bit of the uh, lower end players of the league that had a breakout game. You know, we're going to basically give you a quick bio on them and talk about their performance so far in the NFL this uh, in their career and especially this season. But uh, you want to lead off with your player? I was going to go with Tyler Boyd after the performance he had, but I feel like he's he's getting a little more recognition. Well, uh, yeah. He's very underrated, and he's in I believe his sixth year now. And he's mm-hmm. he's already had two thousand yard uh, seasons. I want to go with a guy that very um, interested me after watching this uh, week, Moali Cox. Tight end for the Indianapolis. We got both got tight ends this week. Yeah, and uh, it just felt right continuing with um, tight ends because I think the player you're going to talk about, the player I'm going to talk about, and the player I talked about last week, Dawson Knox, all three of those guys, tight ends, and had two touchdowns. They don't get enough love. They don't. The tight end position, you think of Kittle, you think of Kelsey, you think of Hawkinson, you think of Waller. Yeah. There's not enough love for the Dawson Knoxes of the world no. and the Moiley Cox of the world. And they or... all had two touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. And and like you said, some of them, like Uzma, was more of a blocking. Mm-hmm. Same with Moiley Cox. He's been more played. I know you're going to mention it, but he, you know he played yeah. college basketball at VCU, right? That's what really interested me about this guy. Um, Taking the Cox. Jimmy Graham kind of route. Jimmy Graham yeah. played a little bit of basketball in high school. It's, it's, it's definitely – a theme, I think, in tight ends. Height-wise, I mean... Well, they got the... They're, they're usually... They're anywhere from 6'4 to 6'8, I mean... Did Darren Waller play basketball? I think he played in high school a little bit. I yeah. think I saw a video of him. I just watched a video of Darren Waller yesterday making beats and stuff. He's got some music out. He's, he's going hard at the music, kind of, too. Um, as he had a good game this week, too. But Mo Cox, he had 42 yards, two touchdowns. Not... The best yardage, but mm-hmm. the two, two touchdowns, touchdowns were really what helped them. I mean, Jonathan Taylor also had a monster game. He's 6'5", 267, and he's, I believe, in his third, yeah, fourth year. So he's entering his fourth mm-hmm. year here. Let's just take a look at the wiki page. He's born in 93, and he was undrafted. He, uh, he played at VCU, as you mentioned. He had not played football since his freshman year in high school. So to, to – that's like basically a bad on himself almost. For real. You know? And I mean a lot of confidence there. He was he's from Virginia. His his wiki page says he's six six. The the, the other one says six five. I guess he's you know whatever, but when you're watching, he's tall, man. We always talk about we never want to go against Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to cover these tight ends, man. You got no chance. Exactly. I, I don't care if you're Christian McCaffrey's level of hops. Or, or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, there's no way you're getting up there and getting these guys. Mm-hmm. His first catch was, I think, 2018. Because he when they un, he was undrafted. Mm. They put him Sat up, behind Jack Doyle yeah. a little bit and for a while. They would do this thing where they, they'd activate him, and then they'd re, un, unsign him. Put him on the him. practice squad. They kept doing that with him in 2017. Then when he finally got his chance in 2018, he caught a one-hander from Andrew Luck to win a game. And I remember that's when I had first heard of him. But, I mean, I hadn't heard much in the last couple of years until this game. Mm-hmm. I think on a team that needs someone to step up as the main weapon, so far Wentz has been going to Pasco a lot. He's been getting – Paris Campbell of, as well. Yeah. The receivers – this – and Jack Doyle is obviously their veteran guy there. Mm-hmm. I think Mo'Ally Cox could have a good year. I see maybe four 
five touchdowns. Not in the Dawson Knox way of maybe eight, nine. Mm-hmm. But he could have four, especially with two, and we're only in week four. Uh, so far in his career, he's got 652 receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns, 49 receptions. A little stat line from his college ball at Virginia Commonwealth University, which I did not know that's what VCU stood for. But he started 103 of 142 games. He had 1,092 points, 663 rebounds, 87 steals, 112 assists, 255 blocks. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot of blocks in, what, 100 and you said 142 games? That's almost what? That's probably like a block in a quarter of a game. I mean. He was really – and he averaged 25 minutes. So he was really – So he was a starter then. Yeah. His final three years were when he really got to play a lot. He led VCU to its first ever Atlantic 10 Conference Championship, earning all tournament team honors. And he is the school's all-time leader in field goal percentage. Wow. So and then and then to think know, of that an NFL tight end is leading your bro, school history in field goal percentage is, is incredible. But then, then like I said, after that he kind of took a chance and went to the NFL with not having played football since didn't even play college football. And that's that's amazing. It's crazy. I didn't know that he didn't play college football at all. He's now got a contract. I think it's one year he signed in May 3rd. Mm-hmm. But he could he could definitely make a career for himself in the NFL. He's definitely got the height. He's definitely got the vertical. Maybe what they need to work on is the skill, but also he's an athlete. Exactly. And that's, that's what we want in the league is athletes. For real. And that's why drafting is hard. Mm-hmm. You can look at speed. Mm-hmm. You can look at yep. combine things. Yep. John Ross was a perfect example. Yeah. He caught a touchdown this week. Now, <laughs> did he catch it, though? He caught it, and then he fumbled it. I mean, does it really count as a touchdown in your eyes? I don't count mine. I think he's – He's quick to drop the ball, too. He's just quick at everything he does. Mulally Cox, though, fantastic athlete. I thought it was cool how he had that confidence to bet on himself. And it's also pretty cool that he's leading the field goal percentage at Virginia <laughs> Commonwealth. Yeah, as a basketball player when he's actually playing in the NFL. But uh, my player spotlight this week is also a tight end, CJ Uzama from the Cincinnati Bengals. He played his college ball at Auburn University. He was born in 1993, which makes him 28 years old. Fifth rounder in the 2015 NFL draft taken by the Cincinnati Bengals. He is six foot six, 260 pounds, obviously plays the tight end position, went to North Gwinnett High School in the Atlanta area. So obviously the Atlanta area has produced a lot of good players, obviously good football down there in the South and whatnot. Uh, he spent all seven seasons of his NFL career so far with the Cincinnati Bengals. He had a great Thursday night football as they advanced to three and one with a 24-21 win over the Jags. He had five grabs, 95 yards, two touchdowns. So far in his NFL career, he has 123 catches. For 1,232 yards and 12 touchdowns. He played high school quarterback at North Gwinnett. And now he's a tight end. And he's a tight end in the NFL. He had 1,750 passing yards, 800 rushing yards. So if you want to do the quick math here, that's about 2,500 all-purpose yards with 25 total touchdowns in this junior season. Then he transferred to mainly being a blocking tight end at Auburn, where he only caught 29 passes over his four-year career. He did throw a touchdown pass, though, in his freshman season for the Auburn Tigers, which I thought was very interesting. Um, was not invited to the NFL Combine as a tight end. Wow. He played in the Senior Bowl and he played in another All Star game for colleges and did him. not let him, did not give him an invite to the Senior Bowl. That's he ended up participating in Auburn's Pro Day and that got a stock up a little bit. He was projected as a sixth or seventh rounder after that Pro Day and he was the second tight end off the board as being the fifth round pick uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals as they took Tyler Croft in the second round, which I believe Tyler Croft plays for the Bills now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the third tight end on the depth chart in his rookie season after Tyler Croft and Eifert. You know, um, he was uh, he played 11 games. Or I'm sorry, he was a healthy scratch for 11 games in his rookie season. He had one catch in his rookie season, which was in 2015 Week 12. 
He was named the starter in 2016 to start the year after Tyler Croft and Tyler Eifert both suffered injuries. Um, both were back in the windows of week 11 to 15, so he was inactive for those games. He only played in 10 games, 2016, 25 grabs for 234 and a touchdown. Then in 2017, he started back the year down in tight end number three. He only had one start. Uh, 43 guys, 439 yards, and three touchdowns in his 2018 season, as I believe that was the year where uh, Eifert ended up going to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. He signed a three-year, $18 million contract extension in 2019. His only highlight last year in 2020 was he caught a touchdown from Joe Burrow in week two, but and then in that game, he tore his Achilles, ending his 2020 season wow. early. But so far in 2021, he has nine grabs for 138 yards and the two touchdowns that he did score against the Jags last week. They were impressive touchdowns. So. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, uh, I think they, they ran a tight end screen for him mm-hmm. at the end of the game to really set up the team for a game-winning field goal. Mm-hmm. But um, both had tight ends this week. Three of our last four player spotlights have been tight ends. So maybe if you know, maybe if the lower end tight end has another big game, maybe we'll be talking tight ends again next week. Might be. That's going to wrap it up here for episode number 76. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Don't forget rate, review, and subscribe. I uh, hope you all enjoyed the episode. Uh, week five next week, we'll be breaking it down, all the key action from week five, looking ahead to week six with Player Spotlight again. Uh, thinking hopefully here about weeks eight or nine, maybe we can do a midseason MVP, change it up a little bit for a week, maybe have a guest on during the season. I know it's very rare for us to do. Uh, is there anything else you got to say before we get out of here? The NFL season has been great this year. The storyline with Brady's return in New England, I it's bittersweet. Every week, you know, passes by. We We're just one the Super Bowl yep. because the Super Bowl is incredible. Even even February thirteenth halftime performance. Did you hear what the halftime what is? It? It's going to be Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar, and Mary J. Blige for real from L.A. That's going to be really fun. That's crazy. That's going to be really fun. I'm really excited for that. Snoop. I am really excited for that. They announced that I believe in the middle of last week. That's sweet. That's really going to be fun. I think. I'm excited for Eminem. It's going to be the closest the closest person from Detroit yeah. to make the Super that's Bowl. Be a meme. You know right? Oh, it already has been. So, crazy. But uh, thank you guys, as always, for listening. And we will talk to you guys next Tuesday. Have a good week, guys.